Uh, well, my wonderful sister-in-law, uh, Rivka Siegel, who I call Rabbanit Rivka Segal, uh, is out with a brand new book, Living to Hillen, chapters 1 through 30, Finding Yourself in the Songs of Tehillim. Rivka Siegel has um, been giving shiurim for many years in Yerushalayim, and for the last 10 years has been focusing on the book of Tehillim, the book of Psalms. Now she's written the first installment in the Living Tehillim series, which covers the uh, first 30 chapters of Tehillim. It's published by Mosaic Press, and uh, information about the book, you can go to livingtohillam.com, livingtohillam.com. She's also coming to the U.S. this coming January on a speaking tour. Uh, anybody interested in bringing her to a uh, town near you, uh, you can go to, uh, actually, you can email J, that's letter J, jliteracy12 at gmail.com, jliteracy12 at gmail.com. Com. Rifka Siegel, welcome back to JM in the AM. Hello, good morning. Mazal tov on the book. It must be an amazing feeling after spending, I'm sure, so much time uh, researching, giving shiurim, and writing this to finally see it uh, out there in the public. Thank you. It's, a, it's like having a baby, <laughs> except it took a lot longer than nine months. Baruch Hashem. It's the same nachas also that we're getting. People, all, it's done. People, all, people often make that comparison, but you're right. I never considered that it's an even much longer process. Uh, Why did you write the book? Why did you write about the first 30 chapters of Tehillim in Living Tehillim? Well, I've after teaching for many years Tehillim, um, it was the whole class, the classes and women were coming and saying, we need this in writing, we want to see this again, we need to share it with more people. And uh, one of my students, Lisa Aiken, Dr. Lisa Aiken, came over to me one day as I was pondering the idea for a long time about writing, and I really was not comfortable writing. She came over to me just out of the blue and said, Risky, when are you writing your book? <laughs> and uh, she's quite a prolific writer and a, a very good one. And I said, Lisa, I, I just I can't write a book. She says, Risky, I'm writing your book. And um, so she worked with me, and she, she's been in my classes for over six or seven years. And um, she transcribed them and organized them in such a beautiful way so that I could really edit it and bring it to, to print for everybody to see. So I do want to say thank you to Dr. Aiken, who did a magnificent job writing up our classes. And our students are talking about the fact that they feel like they're in the class when they read the book, which I think is a, is a big compliment to Lisa and a big kakar satov that I have to her. Wow, very nice. Uh, Rifka Siegel is with us live via telephone. The book is called Living to Hillam. Can you describe or explain the Jewish people's fascination with the Hillam? I said something earlier to somebody that it's amazing how people who would never, I think this is accurate, there are people who would never spend much time with any safer of Tanakh uh, those same people often are never seen without a Tehillim, and those people often are spending hours each day reciting Tehillim. Why is that? People gravitate to Tehillim. There's something about it. It's, it's, um, there's something about it that's so connecting to God, and the truth is our life is about connecting to God, as we say uh, um, when we take out the Torah, and you who cling to God, Chaim Kolchem Hayom. That's what life is about. Our, our whole life is about getting closer and closer to God. And really that's what Tehillim does for us. It helps us use any circumstance, any experience that we have, 
whether it's extremely positive and joyful and triumphant or whether it's something that we were mourning and it's a tragic or sad or a loss that we're going through, and it enables us to take that opportunity or to use that experience as an opportunity to get closer and closer to God. And that's deep down what all of us want, and those words are there. They started off with Adam, Adam. He was the first one to say to him, the Midrash tells us. And it was just as he was being chased out of Gan Eden, and what enabled him to get closer to God when he was disconnecting from God was the Tehillim that, that he said, and, and the Medrash says he said Tehillim 92, Ms. Marshir Lioma Shabbat. Mm. Um, and then further on, as it went from Avraham and Moshe, and then obviously David HaMelech, King David, it was as, every, as, as David went through every single situation in his life, many of which were very, very challenging, he was able to use that situation to connect to God, and, and that's really what we want. And sometimes we understand it consciously that the words bring us closer to God, and sometimes it's just a subconscious thing in our mind, and it comes from a burning desire that we all have to just connect more and more closely. You know, one of the, um, one of the prime examples, and there are many, and, and you've cited some of them, but one of the prime examples when people go ahead and open up at Tehillim immediately is when someone's ill. They feel that, uh, or if there's, you know, like we, we saw this week in Israel where you are, where there are people in tremendous, you know, immediate danger, and people around the world will open at Tehillim and, or, or might recite, you know, communally will, will recite Tehillim uh, together in order to, you know, hopefully plead to God to remedy the situation. And I'm wondering what that relationship is between the desire to get close to God and to Hillam, as you just described, you know, is an easier path to do that and asking him for, uh, you know, to consider those who are in danger, those who are ill, etc. I guess when, 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 when you're praying for somebody who's in a difficult situation, I guess what you're looking for is the easiest avenue to reach the one above, the easiest avenue to reach the one who ultimately makes all those decisions. I just want to make a, a caveat before before I answer your question, that we think of Tehillim as something that we go to in times of distress. Right. If you think about it, it's the same thing that people say, oh, women, women say so much to Tehillim. And I always begin the classes and say, men say so much to Tehillim, because if you look at Suke de Zimra, right. those beautiful, exciting, exhilarating songs that you say in the beginning of the morning prayers in Shacharis, it's, it's full of Tehillim. It's just about all Tehillim. And uh, so we say Tehillim so much every single day so that when we get to the times of distress, that's part two of saying Tehillim, but certainly we say on a regular basis Tehillim of joy and appreciation and thanks, and it's very much incorporated into our, into our prayers in the morning and, and all through the day. Yeah. But in terms of turning to Tehillim in times of distress, it, it, it's a state of people often feel helplessness. What can I do? Right. And so when you feel helplessness, the, you know, you, you, you have to turn to the one who can ultimately help, and that's HaKadosh Baruch Hashem. So what happens is when we say the words of Tehillim, what it does, in one way, and I'm not going to go into this because I certainly don't understand it, there is a power to the words themselves, the Hebrew words themselves, the letters of the words, when they come together, they become like formulas to, to, to create some type of koach, some type of strength to give to give God the, not to give God the ability, but that God uses to change the situation. But what I discuss when we, when we learn Tehillim together, what Tehillim does for somebody when you uh, use the words of the songs to transform oneself 
or to transform yourself, which they do. The idea is, is to change you, to, to, to connect you to God in a way that you then think differently through the day and your decisions are different because you feel that you're leaning on God. Hashem Tzuri, Hashem is my rock, Hashem supports me, Hashem is holding on to me, Hashem is listening to me, Hashem wants me to be better, Hashem is protecting me depending on whatever verse you're saying and you feel that sense of protection, your decisions are different, your thoughts are different, the way you interact with others is different and as a result of that you transform yourself and you become a better person and God looks at the truth and the merit of you becoming a better person and making better choices and having a better life, that's hope, then that merit is then able to, to change the situation. That's what God uses to, as, a, as a power, so to speak, to, to, to bring a better, uh, to bring children to people who are childless, to bring health to people who are sick, to bring success in a time of war. Excellent analysis. And, and, and to highlight just one of the pieces that you just mentioned, um, therefore, I think it's it, one of the most effective, one of the reasons Tehillim is so effective is because when you do use it in the manner you just described, you're essentially saying to God, you know, I'm in control of nothing. You are, you, you are in fact, you know, the, the one who controls all of this. And once we make, as humans, once we make that admission to God, we seem to think, and I think you would agree, that he's more inclined to step in and help us once we make that recognition and once we make that admission that Hashem, it's all up to you. Right. But I want to tell you something. It's, I, I want to tell you a, a, a chasm. This is based on the chasm so far. I would never say this on my own, but one of the most powerful uh, Tehillim that we say specifically in times of war and until today, the, the soldiers, the Israeli soldiers will say this when they go out to war. We say it all through the month of Elul and, and most of Tishrei. Um, Tehillim 27, Hashem Arivi Yishi. Right. The Chassam Sofer explains the, the final sentence like this. Kave El Hashem, do you just hope to Hashem? Chazak libecha, strengthen yourself and work on yourself. Vikave El Hashem, and then trust to Hashem. Oh. Trust in Hashem. So the concept of Tehillim in one way, we're surrendering ourselves to God. But in another way, the Tehillim itself is, is almost like God empowering us to, to do what we need to do. Today in the Tehillim that we said, the Shir Shalyom, the song of the day, of Thursday, 81, it, it's as if we're listening to God saying to us, Harchev Picha V'Amalehu. He's saying to me, as I'm saying this, Hashem, it's as if I'm, I'm saying the words of God, open your mouth, and I'm going to fill it. God's saying, I want to give you so much, but you're not letting me, me give to you. You're not ready to receive. Or... Um, in that same verse, it's Kapav Midud Ta'avarna, where, where it talks about uh, God took us out of slavery from Egypt, and then he says, take your hands and remove them from your pot. And the idea was when people were slaves, they were, especially in Egypt, they were holding pots on their shoulders, and their hands were up in the air, holding the pot on their, on their shoulders. And God says, I took you out of slavery. Put your hands down and move on and do what you have to do instead of staying in that that victim mentality and remaining stagnant and waiting for me to save you more. Get moving. Open your mouth. I'm going to give you things. Put your hands down and move forward. Strengthen yourself and then work with me. It's a partnership. And that's really what the way King David lived his life. It was a partnership between him doing and him understanding that as much as he does, God is enabling him to, to be successful. Excellent. 
to do his part. Excellent. Living Tehillim is the book, chapters 1 through 30 of Tehillim. Finding Yourself in the Songs of Tehillim. Rifka Siegel is with us live via telephone. In a moment, I'm going to ask her how the first chapter of Tehillim became the first chapter of Tehillim. It's the first installment in the Living Tehillim series. Uh, the book is now out, courtesy of Mosaic Press. You can go to livingtehillim.com, livingtehillim.com for information. Also, Rifka Siegel is coming to the U.S. in mid-January on her speaking tour. If you're interested in bringing her to a city uh, or to a community near you, it's J, letter J, jliteracy12 at gmail.com, jliteracy12 at gmail.com. How did the, what's well known, of course, well, when, when you're the first words of Tehillim, you're going to be well known through the generations. How did the first chapter of Tehillim become the first chapter of Tehillim? Well, I can't tell you historically. I don't know the answer to that, but I can tell you it's, it's a, when you think about what Tehillim is, is about, it's about Psalms. When you think about praising God, call on a neshama tehalel ka, all of my soul should praise God. And if you look at the very, very first words of Tehillim, it's ashrei ha'ish. It's Praising yourself, yeah. praising the person. When I say it, I'm praising myself, and when you say it, you're praising yourself. You're yeah. saying how praiseworthy you are, how fortunate you are, how much you can give to the world. And it seems like a funny way to begin the book, right. the safer, right. when it's all about praising God. And I think it's a very uh, simple lesson that Chazal are telling us when they put, our rabbis are telling us when they put this as the first verse, uh, the first psalm of Tehillim. And before we can begin to praise God, we have to feel praiseworthy ourselves. And we have to feel that we're worthy of praising God and that we're worthy of doing incredible things in this world and making a difference in this world. And if we can't feel good about ourselves, then we cannot begin to praise God. Or, or if we can say it differently, praising God begins with appreciating your value and how great you are and how much you can accomplish. And that's why the book of Tehillim, which is about praising God, begins with praising oneself, Ashrei Ha'ish. Excellent. Knowing how, um, knowing how complicated, how spiritual, how musical David HaMelech was, is, is it, um, is it um, a perfect fit that he is the person most associated with Tehillim? Well, he did write most of Tehillim. So that, in terms of that's why he's associated with it. And he did, uh, he, I, you know, there are different discussions exactly that those Tehillim that were written by other people, um, did David Hamela have it? Did he put it together? Did he include it? Or was it included later? But only but, someone uh, of, his, of his depth spiritually, uh, from what we know of him, could have, could have done and, and put together these types of poetic works. Right, it's something that, that that fits his personality the way we the way we know him. Definitely. Yeah. And let me ask you this question: It's almost like when you look at the biography of David Amelech of King David, it, it's it's tragic. It starts right. from the, before he was born; right. it was already it, it, he was already estranged, and his family was estranged. And 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 then you think like, what would have happened if King David would have been born, and his parents would have said, "You are the cutest." smartest, most musical child we've ever seen, and they would have given him the, the top lessons in music and in art and in, in Torah, and he wouldn't have been a shepherd. God forbid that would be for the lowly other, you know, the servant. They would have put him on, uh, you know, given, and given him everything in a silver platter, and what if everything would have worked out? He would have had the perfect father-in-law and the perfect marriage and the perfect 
kingdom, we wouldn't have had to heal him. Right. <laughs> you know, so it, it's often like we look, but Sar Herchaftali, the Pasuk says, you know, difficult situations and challenging situations can bring such opportunities for connection. So David HaMelech was put into so many challenging circumstances right. that every single one of us, we should never know ourselves from the circumstances that he had personally, but in some way maybe we have a, a tiny a tiny something compared to what David HaMelech had. And then when we can put ourselves in his story and see how he reacted and he grew from it, it's a tremendous inspiration for us. And, and David HaMelech specifically, it, it makes so much sense that he was the one who wrote to Hillen because he was also given almost every challenge that, right. that someone has David HaMelech had it too. Only somebody with the type of adversity he had could possibly be the one to be associated with Tehillim forever. <clears throat> that's what I, that's the way I would put it, and that's an excellent point you're making. You know, I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I'm just curious if any if, if this ever came across uh, your mind as you were putting this together. Uh, you know, you're, in this book, I mean, obviously you have tremendous familiarity with all of Tehillim, but in this book you're concentrating on the first 30 chapters of Tehillim. Um, in the first of the series, do, do, do these chapters, do the early chapters of Tehillim have their own, I don't know, category, personality? Uh, you know, these are, you know, like, like I'm, for instance, um, you know, when you get to the Shiramala section, I think there's a there, there's certain analyses you can give about what, you know, about a, a, a common thread of what those are about. When you get toward the end, the Hallel section, you know, I think that those are, you know, you, you could come up with a theme. The early part of the book of Tehillim, does it have a certain personality, have a certain thread that you would say, you know, really applies strongly to the first part of the book? I don't think I can answer that question. I'm not sure. I, you know, I, there are different uh, discussions on the five books of the Tehillim is divided into five books, right. and they compare the five books of Tehillim to the five books of the Torah, and which is in true, it's, it, that is five books corresponds to the five books of the Torah. But um, I don't know, and there are those who compare the first book to like Bereshit and the second book to Shemot, and I'm not, I can't, I can't do that. Do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite chapter of the first thirty? <laughs> I don't have a favorite chapter, but I do. Ha every chapter is when I work on it. It is my favorite chapter. <laughs> nice. So today I taught ninety-two Tzadi Bays for the fifth or sixth time. That you know, in terms of we've gone through this many times, and. Right today, if you ask me my favorite chapter, it's it's 92. <laughs> Next week, it's going to be 93. <laughs> um, so I can't tell you a favorite chapter, but I can tell you different psukim at different moments. It, it's such a gift to have the words of Tehillim in my, in my head because it comes out at the most incredible times I can connect to, to something. When I'm going through a situation, not only do I connect to David HaMelech, it helps me connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and, and the words of Tehillim. And I'll give you an example. Um, my son, our son, Yehuda, just was in my, was in, went into the army last week. Right. And when you go into the army, when you first are uh, brought into the they, – they, they take the boys into a bus and they drive the boys off to a base. But first there's this auditorium where all the parents come and they bring their sons – and the sons go off, and in our case, because Yehuda is in a Haredi, is in a Haredi unit, there are also many married, many married soldiers. So the wives are there. So the, you see, like these proud fathers and women, the mothers with their tissues, and the wives with boxes of tissues. And I was watching the Naz. So we were standing with Yehuda and talking, and then all of a sudden they said, "Okay, now it's time for the 
for the parents to leave. And the, the boys were filed through, and they went out to the back so that you couldn't see them anymore. They were going into the bus. So at that point, I was just in my head, was ki avi ve'ini azavuni. Here you are, Ludavid Hashem Ori, Hashem Ori v'yashi, in this it, number 27, and yeah. the soldiers are going off to war, and Hashem is going to help them fight. And what does it mean, ki avi ve'ini azavuni? I always thought that's a situation where someone's an orphan, they don't have parents anymore, and David HaMelech, King David, was left by, you know, with his parents estranged, or not only that, his parents were killed at some point, and I was looking at that always as a, the parents died. And here it was, my son's going off to the army into a door where I could not go with him. And it was Kiavivi Imiazavuni, his mother, my mother and father have left me. I don't know if he was going through his mind that, but I was <laughs> certainly thinking that Kiavivi Imiazavuni. And now as Hashem, you have to take care of Yehuda. He's alone. It's just you and, you and God, Yehuda. And that's really, uh, that's when that pasuk hit me. But the more you understand Tehillim and the more you learn Tehillim, the right situation brings those right words that just come to you, and then all of a sudden it becomes your favorite pasuk wow. for the moment. Rifki, you don't, you don't even realize how meaningful that was. That's, just, that's simply remarkable. Thank you so much for that. Uh, the book is called Living Tehillim. Well, let's sell some books. Mora Dina on the app wants to know if it's available in stores because she wants it for Shabbos. Now, I know that people can go to the website at livingtehillim.com. Can they find it in stores in the New York, New Jersey area? It's in the stores in the New York and New Jersey area, right. but thank God, Baruch Hashem, it is going very quickly, and uh, we're in the process of reprinting it. It just got to New York. Wow the beginning of November, and already we have to reprint. So Congra- go today, please, and I'd love to have your questions and comments and, uh, and thoughts. Phenomenal. Go, go get it now, everybody, because the, the word reprint means that, in fact, it is very popular. Livingtohillam.com, livingtohillam.com, or your local bookstore. Remember that uh, Rifka Siegel is coming to the U.S. in January. If you want her to speak for your shul community, etc., email jliteracy, that's letter J, jliteracy12, at gmail.com, jliteracy12 at gmail.com. And this uh, commenter says that the Rifka Siegel is my former colleague from my days at the Hebrew Academy of Greater Washington. Now the Berman, uh, who's that? Now the Berman Hebrew Academy of Rockville. How do you like that? Wait, who is it? I, I think, I mean, I, I can only tell from the uh, screen name. I think it's Rabbi Jeff, if I'm not mistaken. Ah, okay. I, I believe that's who it is. So you, you're, getting a, you're getting a lot of reaction here, I must say. <laughs> Mazal Tov on the book. We're going to keep recommending it to everybody. And it's really a lot of very, I mean, uh, our family has enjoyed it. A lot of very inspiring uh, material in it. And we thank you for that. So Mazal Tov on the book. And congratulations. Thank you very much. Rifka Siegel. The book is called... Living to Hillam. Go to livingtohillam.com, livingtohillam.com. And as I said, uh, the email address, J, that's a letter J, jliteracy12 at gmail.com, jliteracy12 at gmail.com. She'll be here in the U.S., I assume starting in the East, uh, during the month of January 2020, so two months from now. And it's Rivka Siegel, R-I-V-K-A-S-E-G-A-L. And I'm proud to have her as a sister-in-law, and our family is proud to have her as a Wonderful dear relative.